0: On TV, online, and on Wa El Sadat,
1: Egyptian president, assassinated, read a book. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton, and I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote that intro. You know what? The only reason (laughs) I know that guy's name is because he was assassinated on my birthday. Like, the exact... Day and year of my birth. I do love the way
0: that you're squeezing mini history lessons into a poker podcast.
1: Read a book. Read a book. Coming up on today's show. There's no event. There's no new TV show. What in the world are we going to talk about? Scoop. We are going to talk about scoop. Jason Mercer was scooping. Elky was scooping. Fatima Demello was scooping. And guess what? Jason Mercer. He scooped the hardest. Yeah. He He's is going to be on the show big time in just a few minutes. I went to a high-stakes wedding, a poker player wedding. So I've got some anecdotes from that. We've got an edition of Too Hot for TV, nerd stuff.
0: It's Too Hot for TV because the nerds would get overexcited if we put it on television. Another edition
1: of Superfan vs. Stapes. I am 5-3. and three.
0: No, 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 you're 3-5. and five. The Superfans are 5-3. and three. Right. You have five. a losing
1: record. You are a loser. 5-3 and three is the record, just not my record. And... I did my first ever poker Twitch stream last night, High Stapes Poker. Oh, I cannot wait to hear about this. Now, I did uh, I did introduce myself, Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton, this man, speaking in the microphone, the true professional here on the show, James Hardigan.
0: You always call me your work wife, Joe. I feel in the last week I've been acting as your agent as well. Really? I promoted High Stapes Poker yes, that was on social nice media. media. Thank you. That was I've great. also been defending you in, uh, oh, uh, God. in public as well oh, God. because Abe, who actually tweets as at Honest Abraham, called bullshit on one of your anecdotes from last week's show. He said, I call BS on shipping $100 in condoms. No need to make up bad stories, EPT Not Live. The ones you have are good enough. I replied to Abe and I said, I know for a fact that story is genuine because you had the condoms shipped to this office because you wanted to make sure they got here. (laughs) And I saw the shipping receipt. The condoms didn't cost $100. The express shipping is what cost the money. I needed them overnighted. She was going to be here. And just to echo Abe's point, no need to make up bad stories. Joe Stapleton is a walking car crash. <laughs> That's why he doesn't need to make up stories. Because random shit just happens to him.
1: I don't have to make up the stories. I make such poor decisions in my life that, yes, they lead to these stories happening on a pretty regular basis.
0: Uh, Chris Stapps escapes you killed me. With the condom stories, great tweets in response to last week's show. Carl Parrish, the EPT11 London Seniors event winner, says, I've been listening to your pods. Need to say, you guys are fucking great. Oh, thanks, Carl. Uh, Fergal feels that he won life after winning money from you last week for his uh, banana commercial. That's
1: right. And I haven't paid Fergal yet. And I just want Fergal to know it's because I was in Italy over the weekend. And it's a dot IT poker stars there. So I couldn't make the transfer. But we're going to get to that later on in the show. Uh, We had the other competition,
0: of course, as well. We had the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt for whoever guessed the Fletch quote. The person who missed out on that was Andy Gibbons. Oh, man. Only two of us got it right and only one t-shirt. Share the love. Hashtag not too proud to beg. You made it very clear, Joe. It was ever was in first. And the other guy got there first. I did offer Andy Gibbons. A consolation prize. I gave him the chance... That's to be... unlike
1: you. What's happening?
0: You're usually brutal with an iron fist. Well, because Andy generally is very supportive, and I think shit. he does fall into the superfan category, so I invited him to be this week's superfan. I'm not available this week. Oh, well, well what a diva. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we ask you to be the superfan, if you're a true superfan, you cancel whatever you've got. I think whether it's a family holiday. You cancel whatever you've got, and you appear on this show.
1: Like, I think Varun had internet installed at his house just to be on Superman vs. Stapes. In all
0: seriousness, the guy did not have Skype on his work computer, and he went to the IT department at his office and requested special permission to use Skype so he could appear on this show.
1: And they fired him, and they were like, now you can put whatever you want on your computer. And he was like, you know what? It was worth it, because I'm a super fan. Exactly,
0: uh, Razorheart takes issue with your assertion that uh, only children are called Kevin. He says Stapes, the current NASCAR champion, is a Kevin and not so much a kid.
1: Dude, this exactly proves my point. Like, yes, I'm not saying that like people named Kevin can't attain the age of sixty. He drives a race car, vroom, vroom, vroom. He's a kid named Kevin. Like, all I said was there would never be a president Kevin. There's never like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna take this to the CEO Kevin." Like, it's a perfect name for a race car driver. It totally proves my point. Uh, and then we have the most prolific tweeter of the week,
0: uh, the man who used hashtag EPT not live than any other person on Twitter, and that is Simon Baker, not the mentalist. Uh, <laughs> He says the last episode lasted his exact train journey from Stockton to Newcastle. Hashtag perfect timing. Uh, he recommends EP2 Not Live to Melanie Wisner, who's been looking for some podcasts to listen to on her journey to Vegas. Oh, we're going to
1: have to stop shit-talking Melanie Weisner so much on the show now.
0: And Simon Baker, not the mentalist, says, I'm looking forward to this week's EP2 Not Live. It's going to be particularly exciting
1: for me. Is that a spoiler alert? He may or may not be appearing on this week's show in some capacity. Oh, man. I hope that you've included some mentalist trivia questions in there, because I loved season one and two. Oh, Red John. Oh, man. Reggie, he's a bad man, that Red John. He killed the mentalist's wife and daughter. I've never watched a single episode. It's on
0: Channel 5. Who watches Channel 5? Uh, excuse me, the big game was on Channel 5, you dick. Um, I watched it at <laughs> Pokestars.tv, where you can watch many great poker programs, including... EPT 11 London, new episodes still being uploaded to Pokestars.tv every week. Did you, I get myself out of
1: that one? You did. You got it out of there. But do you know, so you go out, if you watch it on Channel 5, every single logo is blurred. It's like watching Girls Gone Wild. You think there's like tits on all the tables <laughs> because it's every. I'm like, what is this?
0: Everything Welcome is blurred. Welcome to the world of UK compliance.
1: What's his name? That guy, Dale Phillip, who used to be on uh, Team Online, tweeted at me when it was first on. He said that Channel 5 was the nut low of channels in the UK. It's, and I was like, thanks, dude. Yeah.
0: Um, channel 5 does have a few programs that are good, and no one ever sees they them. They put them out like 4 in the morning, Because right? no, no one watches Channel 5. They got the rights to Archer, one of your favorite TV yes, shows. Yes, Archer. Did, but did they put it on main Channel 5? No, they put it on like 5USA,
1: some digital channel. I can't even tell you where that is on the Sky Guide. Oh, man. Channel 5, get your shit together. I'm just going to take an awkward pause for a second while I figure out how to segue into the news. Do you know what I like watching on Channel 5, Joe? What? The
0: news. Really? What's going on in poker today?
1: Now it is time for EPT not live news. Pretty much anything and everything that's in the news right now is Scoop related, and there's plenty of uh, other resources out there if you guys want to follow what happened in Scoop, but
0: Can I just say yeah. that I think the guys on the Pokestars blog did amazing work covering yeah, yeah, yeah. the Scoop. There's some great write-ups of the final table, some great stories on some of the players, so go to Pokestarsblog.com for that, and as far as the final tables are concerned, Scoop's not something that we've had anything to do with for a few years now, but our colleagues, Nick Wealthall, David Tuckman, have been doing the uh, final table highlight shows, and again, Pokestars tv is the place to go for those
1: yep and get all those there but there was a pretty exciting final table now it didn't happen to evolve any poker Stars team pros so we weren't gonna like bang down these guys doors to get them to come on the show but heads up came down to emil patel versus mustafa kanet emil patel
0: is someone by the way who you're probably familiar with if not from the reality show two months two million from recent ept shows because this guy's had a lot of deep runs in ept main events recently several feature table appearances and seems to always be kind of a short stack on the bubble who then survives the bubble and then makes a run, but always falls short of that really deep run and final table appearance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen plenty of Emil. Uh, He's a really good kid. We like Emil. And then Mustafa Canet is a guy that we've also seen tons and tons of recently. He was the guy about a year ago that all my buddies were saying to me, I brought this up on several of our broadcasts that watch this kid, Mustafa Canet, he's going to be a really big deal. Uh, Kevin McPhee told me that. Tim Riley told me that. They all said that he is just, you know, probably the best Italian player out there. And, um, you know, he made it like a super high roller final table for us, right?
0: Uh, he, he, he won one in, in Monaco. He, of course, made his super high roller debut. In Barcelona at the start of season eleven, that's when we had like this influx of new blood into the super high roller format. I think you dubbed them the Shrubies, the Shrubies super that's high right. roller newbies. And then at the end of the season, having made his debut in the big buy-in events in Barcelona, fast forward to Monaco, and he took down the one-day fifty thousand euro buy-in super high roller. The mini super high roller. Yeah, if you can call a fifty thousand euro buy-in tournament a mini
1: anything, then yes. It was confusing though that there were two super high rollers. And they each had different buy-ins, so we got to differentiate them somehow. That's all.
0: Well, that's why I called it the one-day super, one super high we roll. You can't okay. call it a mini. Well, anything is a mini if it's smaller than something else. Yeah, but and if, um, as I said, fifty k in euro. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> the guy's now a scoop winner as yeah, well. Yeah, so
1: he's won, he won the F tops main event, I believe, a scoop main event. So all these prophecies about Mustafa Khan have come true, and I think James. You know, Kara Scott was on about something on Twitter the other day about how people make fun of Italian poker players. How many
0: tweets did she take to make her point? Seven. Yeah, that's
1: that's such good for Kara. Anything well, it was fewer it was, than ten, and she's, she's Yeah, she got it in under ten. <laughs> so um so basically, I see I th- she's got a point though, because look, Italians won the GPI, Global Poker Masters. They did. Yeah. Uh Mustafa Canet. Um lots of Italian players are doing well right now. I think it's finally time. That I remove Italy as being the worst poker playing nation and just remind everyone that that title still definitively belongs to France. <laughs> uh, send your hate to hashtag keeps <laughs> not live, but by all means,
0: tag at Stapes. And uh, put it in French because I won't be able to read it. So Mustafa Kanit wins the main event, Emil Patel, the runner up in that. But even though all the focus this past weekend was on the main event, over the course of the festival, most of the attention, I think it's fair to say, was on Jason Mercier from Team PokerStars Pro. He was the big story of this series. He went on an absolute tear. And I'm thrilled to say that joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada, is the man himself, Jason Mercier. Welcome to
1: EPT Not Live.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: The Merst B- Dog. <laughs> huh,
2: huh, huh, huh. Oh my gosh! You didn't tell me Stapleton was going to be on this thing.
1: Yeah, buddy boy. There's nothing that Poker Stars does that I am not on. You cannot escape me. Yeah, the problem is though, when I have to put
0: the pitch in and say, "Can we get X from Team Pro?" I leave your name off because I know there's a
1: better chance they'll agree <laughs> to do it if I don't mention you. You have to trick them.
2: <laughs> I thought I was getting a one-on-one with James here and apparently
1: not it's not that kind of interview and guess what buddy as usual i have a game plan for later that you're probably not going to do very well at so
2: <laughs> i can't wait
1: oh well jason man first of all congratulations on scoop that was just uh awesome and it was all anyone was talking about i honestly you know i wasn't working during scoop and so i was not paying much attention to it but i couldn't help but hear about you
2: yeah i guess it was all over the the twitter world huh
1: yeah, it was buddy. And so tell everyone just to, so you end up winning two scoops for how much money total?
2: I actually won three, believe it or not. But what? Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> I won uh I won two they were all in the high in the high column or whatever Sick. you call it. Two they were all two K buy ins. I won a Badoogie one, uh pot limit five card draw, and then I won the four max no limit. Uh the Badoogie and the five card card were like Forty or fifty thousand each for the win, and then the uh, the four max I got like one eighty or so. Wow!
1: And five card draw—that's huh? like this. That's like from TV.
2: It is actually. You know, I uh, I hadn't had much experience playing that until uh, I like my last trip in Vegas in February. It was just in the mix game that I was playing, so I actually got a decent amount of, of experience uh, in that time. Um yeah it was it was it's an interesting game. I had never really played it before uh like a few months ago. Had never played it online. And uh yeah, it was it was actually pretty cool. It, it transitions uh kind of well uh very well into a tournament uh format actually.
0: When you're playing five card draw, do you get to play like they do on TV? I see your 10 and raise you 5.
2: Uh you know, you, we probably could have done that if it was live, but um, <laughs> Might be a little difficult.
0: <laughs> uh, you talked about the money, Jason. It's also about the glory and it's also about the watches. The problem is you've now got three watches and you only have two arms. Where's the third watch going to go?
1: Oh, good I question. Hate
2: to, I hate to keep correcting you guys, but I now have four watches because I won one last, last scoop.
1: No, keep correcting us.
2: So so it's it's two for each wrist. It's very balanced, actually.
1: What are the chances we can actually get you to show up to a World Series event wearing two scoop watches on each wrist?
2: Pro- probably zero, zero percent. But wow, I mean, no there is a dola- there is a dollar figure that I would do it for. So i uh,
1: you're not drawing completely. Dead. Just for laughs, let's hear what the figure is. Let's start the bidding somewhere.
2: Uh, I w- I wouldn't do it. it. I mean, like a few thousand, few thousand
1: FPPs done. I got that. <laughs> Let me transfer those now. But you can you
0: can have one. You have a world series bracelet on each wrist. Two watches on each wrist.
1: Full, full on Mister T style jewelry.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would really be blinged out if I if I wore everything.
1: You know how there's that World Series of Zombies comic book that Chad Holloway is doing? We should have Jason should be a character who puts on two watches and a World Series bracelet on each wrist and like punches the heads off zombies with these super arms.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I somehow don't see Jason doing that i see
1: him doing it i think
0: you could punch zombies heads off jason
2: Uh i'm a very i'm a very violent guy so
0: (laughs) jason considering the success you've just had the the awesome series you just had at scoop where does that put you mentally going into the world series in vegas which is obviously going to be a very long festival with a lot of events to play
2: yeah i mean i'm i'm really looking forward to it i'm incredibly uh motivated i feel like i'm playing well so i'm really looking forward to uh playing as many events as I can and, and hopefully winning a, another bracelet.
1: Jason, I, what I was wondering about Scoop is how, from what I understand, you don't play a ton of online poker now, and you sort of never really did, like as far as some of the guys that logged tons of hours. How do you just rock up to Scoop all of a sudden and just win three of them?
2: Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I ne- never really played on. I mean, I played online a lot until I started playing like the live circuit. Right, and so it's been I, a long time though yeah I guess. Um, you know, I play sporadically throughout the year, uh basically when I'm out of, out of the country, and uh yeah, I mean i hadn't played I hadn't played online since the Bahamas because I'd been in the u s the whole time, so it is kind of weird when you go like you know three or four months without playing online and then hop in and you're playing you know I played probably close to fifteen or 16 hours a day for for two weeks straight. Jeez. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of like riding a bike, you know. You hop back in and you you get your bearings back, and then everything's all good.
1: And you know, obviously, last year or maybe it was the year before, but Sean Deeb had, was like the last great run that we heard about in Scoop. Uh, how do you compare your run to his? And was is like superseding him something that's important to you?
2: Uh, th- no, that's that's not really. Imp- important to me at all um i i really don't know anything about his run besides he won four you know like i don't know what he won him in or or anything like that so i don't really know how to compare it but uh obviously four is more than three so I, i'd have to say that he did a better job right
1: so you did you did 75 percent as well as he did
2: uh, you know, I'll leave the math to you, buddy, but that sounds right.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right. That's the first time any poker player has said to Joe Stapleton, I'll leave the math to you. <laughs> well, they almost always say that. It's just when they're tired of dealing with me. They're like, yeah, you do the math on that, buddy. Jason, one thing I'm always really curious about folks playing online poker, um, where were you? What part of the world were you in? What, what's, what was the setup like? Uh, start with those two <laughs> questions, and then I have another question.
2: Sure. Uh, I was in Amsterdam, actually, for the whole time. I wasn't initially planning on being there. Uh, I was planning on going to Amsterdam for, like, four or five days, and then I was supposed to go to Toronto uh, for a bachelor party and then play, like, the last week. Um, The 4Max event that I actually won, was not. I wasn't even supposed to play it. I was supposed to be at a bachelor party. Anyways, the bachelor party got canceled, and so I ended up just staying in Amsterdam the, the whole time, uh, I was sharing an apartment with Kyle Julius, uh which was very interesting because we were basically sitting next to one another playing online twenty four seven He had like probably the worst scoop ever like lost every single day <laughs> couldn't make day two of anything was running horrendous and meanwhile i 'm sitting next to him, just like you know winning three tournaments and making all these final tables and deep runs and uh yeah, it was a very interesting dynamic it was it was kind of like you know it would keep if i if I took a bad beat in something, it was kind of like, well, at least I'm not running like Kyle uh-huh. you know? <laughs> it's like it can't it can't really get much worse with with how he was running, so it kind of like it kept my head in the game, just kind of stayed focused and never really really let anything bother me
1: Wow, poor Kyle had to serve as Jason's reminder that life isn't that bad. <laughs> That's really terrible for him. Hey, last year when you guys were in Amsterdam, didn't Kyle do some crazy running sprint prop bet?
2: That was a few years ago. I think it was two or three years ago. But yeah, we bet. um, I bet him, like, I mean, the kid hadn't worked out in like two months. And he had just like drank a bunch of beers and ate McDonald's and he said he could run a mile in seven minutes and I said he couldn't and he ran in like 5.45. It was, <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing actually. I was like, do we measure this right? I mean, this is, this is insane. You like broke some world record. I'm, I'm just joking. I know the world
1: record's way
2: way less but it was incredibly fast for a guy that just like literally rolled out of bed. It's pretty fast
1: for anyone. Yeah, no. 5.45 is not bad at all. I would have wondered this same thing. Like, wait, do, wait. Maybe that seventy five percent thing came back into play. Oh, maybe you thinking, should have had me do the math. I'm it. in Europe. It's a kilometer, not a mile. Yeah, exactly. Oh, maybe yeah. that's what you did. If you went by mile markers on the road, you definitely got you got took.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, we tried to use the iPhone. You know, the the whole Google Maps thing or whatever, but. We might have been off, but I, I gave it to him anyway. I don't
1: think we were off by that much. Yeah, I mean, he beat it by a minute and 15. That's a lot. My, <laughs> the thing that also I'm always wondering, too, when people make big online scores, right, as soon as that last card is dealt and you've won, like, what do you do physically? Do you stand up? Do you fist pump? Do you high five, Kyle? Or are you just like, oh, man, I got four of the windows open. Time to keep going.
2: Uh, I'd say, you know, you, you like high five or fist pound anyone that's around. And, uh, yeah, most of the time you're like, a lot of, a lot of times that I won a tournament, I was still in other things, you know, like, because it was like day two or whatever, or it was late and there was other tournaments going on. So it wasn't like, all right, now we were going to like go out and party or go have a nice dinner or whatever. You know, it's just like, all right, it's three in the morning. I'm still in this 08 tournament. Like, (laughs) let me keep playing this, you know? So it's not like, uh, no time for love.
1: Dr. Jones.
2: Exactly, just uh, back to the grindstone.
1: So uh, just real quick, coming up on uh, I, what I wanted to do, Jason, is uh, I, I was wondering if you wanted to play a game with us. Are you ready for one of my classic he, games? He doesn't want I, to play the I game. To,
2: am I allowed to say no? I don't, I don't think exactly. I Why, not Exactly.
1: Why do you ever ask?
0: Not, no one's ever going to say yes, and you're never going to give him the option of opting out.
1: Now, for now, what I want to do, and I'm not sure <laughs> if we can make this work, I want to make it so that if the if the pro wins the game, we sweeten the prize for the person during Superfan versus Staves, but we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, I don't know where this budget's going to
1: come from. Exactly. But... But maybe we take away a little. Little bit of the prize. We'll, we'll and then sweeten
2: we, the prize. We'll pour a little sugar right on. Yeah, top pour a little
1: sugar on uh, Jason. The game I got for you is called Oops! I did it again. Is okay. this a tenuous connection to scoop? Exactly. Oop! It's oop, plural. Oop! So I did it again. Now you're obviously okay. a scoop expert, Jason. I want to know what other oops are you an expert at? So all of these questions are gonna have oop sounding answers are you ready
2: all right can't wait my favorite part of the show
1: (laughs) jason what dog thinks it's no fun if his homies can't have none
2: what dog thinks
1: Thinks it's no again sure what what dog thinks it's no fun if his homies can't have none
2: Not an actual dog, right? This is like a. I'm gonna give
1: you a clue, Jason,
0: because I know you've been traveling and you're probably a little bit jet lagged. It's a dog with two G's.
1: It's a double G dog. A dog with two G's
2: that has OOP in it,
1: buddy. The like I was starting you off easy here is the thing.
2: Man, I I don't even know what you're saying.
0: This game is gonna be a disaster. It sure is. This was gonna be like the gimme.
2: Didn't you say, like, that there's oop in it?
1: Oop, that's right, oop. Oop Oop? dog.
2: (laughs) Ah, Snoop Dogg. Ah, he got it!
1: He got there with no help at all. He's
2: at the end of dog. I mean, that's not exactly easy there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jason, the merce dog, everyone! (laughs) All right, question.
2: What was the clue again? Can you say that again?
1: Sure, the clue is what dog thinks it's no fun if his homies can't have none?
2: Okay, now I get it.
1: Yeah, because we've given you the answer.
2: Yeah, well, you know, some people need the answer before they get the question.
0: (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) All right, Jason, question number two. The Beach Boys, he has no shot at getting this one. The Beach Boys would very much like to disembark from a boat, and that boat is called the blank John B. Jason, you own a boat. I figure you might know this one. The blank John B. Correct. So fill in the blank, and it rhymes with oop. A type of boat
0: that sounds like oop. There are two letters in front of the oop that would give you (laughs) this type
1: of boat. Hold on. Oh, is he Googling it? That's I actually don't even care. No, I'm not.
2: I'm I'm just tanking.
1: Clock. No, we'll be quiet during the tank. It's fine. We're going to have to restart the game show music, though. That's how long question one took.
2: I-I don't know, man. This-this-this is embarrassing.
1: Sloop. The The sloop Sloop,
0: jumbie.
2: Never even heard that word before. You should listen to that
1: song. It's a great song. Really good song. It's great for listening to on your boat. Alright, here you go, Jason. For my sloop, right? For your sloop, exactly. Jason, I-I have faith in you for this question. Alright. Some people may use this word to refer to their porch. If you were outside maybe drinking fodies, you would do it on the... The Loop? Oh, the Loop, unfortunately, <laughs> is incorrect. Now, if you lived on Loop Street, maybe that would be correct. But Stoop, we were looking for Stoop.
2: Stoop. Also, never heard that word.
1: Never heard the word stoop, Jason.
2: I mean, like, when you stoop down
1: something. Oh! But- too bad I used the wrong stoop. Okay. Can, we, right. just have a, can we have a quick conference
0: about the, the, this, 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 this quiz? Yeah. I noticed you've got ten questions. Can I suggest we
1: cut it short at six? <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm gonna... Cut it short at three? <laughs> the problem is, I got... Alright, I'm gonna cut that one. The next one has a plug for one of our shows, so I can't cut this one. Jason, even though you have no shot, What's the name of the villain in the movie Out of Sight who's played by Don Cheadle, who's in Shark Cage Season 2, by the way, coming soon? Uh, bloop? Bloop is a really good guess, but incorrect. <sighs> Snoopy Miller. Snoopy Miller. Ah, uh, I should have went with Bloopy
2: Miller. That would have been even better.
1: <laughs> the Mercedog. Dog. All right, here we go. Uh, Jason, as long as we're on the subject, a short hit in baseball just over the infielder's heads is sometimes known as a... A Blooper? A blooper! There we go! Two out of five!
2: I don't think that's the correct definition of blooper, but...
0: Fine. Jason, let's have one more question, and let's see if you can go 50%. <laughs> if you can get three out of six, I think we're going to call 50% a win. We're going to call it a win. I, think in I the only case.
2: got one out of five, though.
0: But... Uh, you've got two out of five because you've
1: got Snoop Dogg with some assistance.
2: Oh, Oop. yeah, that's right. I'll take that as a win. It yeah. is
1: tough being old Snoop D-O-double-G. All right, here we go. Last question. Jason, what does that voodoo that you do make salt and pepper want to do?
2: What voodoo that you do? Salt and pepper. Uh, now it's salt
1: and pepper. I think I need to be clear. I'm not asking about table seasoning.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know, I know it's salt and, and pepper. And the, the un is
1: a person about? as
0: well. There's salt, there's un, un and,
2: and there's pe- pepper. and pepper, yep. Oh, okay. So it's not push it?
1: It's not push it. it remember, we're playing Oops! I did it yeah. again.
2: Right. Um. Scoop it?
0: Scoop it is really close. So Uh close. Shoop. We were looking for Shoop. Jason, I'd love to put a positive spin on this, but you got two out of six. That is a minority number, and that means you've lost.
1: Let's give him one more. One more, real quick. Jason, Forrest Whitaker's (laughs) eye has a bit of a what? Forrest Forrest Whitaker's eye? Forrest Whitaker's eye has a bit of a what? Goop. A goop. We'll give him goop. I'm sure it has goop sometimes. We were looking for droop. We were looking okay. for droop. That <laughs> okay. hasn't
0: changed anything because you've now got three out of seven. Still a minority number,
1: still a loss, but you're a oh, winner at life and you're that a winner in stressed. the scoop.
2: Oh, man.
1: Jason, one of these days we're going to get a game that you're just going to smash. I'll, if, I, if I have to, like, study with you ahead of time.
2: You slam me with the oops, man. I'm not much of a wordsmith.
1: I think next time I'm going to go, I'm just going to ask you trivia questions about your own family. Like what's your dad's <laughs> name? And maybe yeah. we'll get a winning record out of you. Jason Mercer, congratulations on your awesome scoop performance. We appreciate you being with us, buddy. And good luck at the world series of poker this summer, Jason.
2: Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Not at all. Thanks for joining us. The Mercer yeah. dog. <laughs> out now on audio cassette your favorite songs from 11 seasons of the EPT. Including the music from Barcelona that reminds you of the scene in the Untouchables where Oscar Wallace dies. Relive the glory days of Colin Murray with the season one opening credits theme. Plus, your favourite webcast openers, including the Season 10 Grand Final. (laughs) And there's more, including that track that's definitely not by The Clash. One that sounds a bit like Estelle's American Boy. Not forgetting the epic Season 11 Grand Final Anthem. You always- those banging beats from Malta. Spectrums. It's called Spectrums. Now that's what I call the EPT. Only 9 from our price. Welcome back to EPT Not Live. Event recap. Event recap.
1: It's an Italian wedding! It is an Italian wedding. I went to a high-stakes poker wedding over the weekend and wasn't it lucky that I did that because we would have had nothing else to talk about. (laughs) Basically, we are purely
0: dependent on your social life for content. We
1: gotta fill in some of the gaps. Good thing I made friends with some poker players. Uh, by the way do you think I could turn in receipts for my flights no damn you it. asked God damn I it. gave you an answer how about my receipt for a bottle of water at the airport good luck arguing that one <laughs> anyway I'm very lucky that uh, about a year and a half ago I made friends with uh, a fellow named Phil sternheimer and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lower the wedding music because uh, we've got some fun Sternheimer stuff. Now, I met Phil Sternheimer at uh, at, a, at a barbecue at Liv Boree's house uh, two summers ago. I just moved here. Uh, I was like within the first six months. And he and I got to talking and um, he seemed like a really nice guy and he was a bit of a fan. And I was like, yeah, I just moved here. I don't have a ton of friends. And he was like, oh, me neither. We should hang out. And the thing is, Phil is like a tall, thin, square-jawed I wouldn't even say thin, sorry, but like in good shape, very well put together guy. To be perfectly honest, I didn't know if it was a date or not, if he was asking me out on a date or not. I can see
0: where you're coming from. I met him a few months later when he came to Barcelona and played yeah. the super high roller there. And at the party, we had a long chat. He's quite tactile as well.
1: He's tactile. He's like, he's very, he makes good eye contact. He's just, he does a lot of things where you're like, not sure if he was asking on a date or not. He's a very charming guy as well. Exactly. He's a super nice guy. So I meet him at this party and hang out with him. And then all of a sudden he shows up in Barcelona playing the super high roller. And, um... It was just bizarre worlds. Collider was like, oh, this random guy that I met is now a super high roller. And, you know, he's successful outside of poker and plays cash pretty high. He's not a professional poker player. He's actually one of the businessmen. But unfortunately, his like debut on EPT Live, I wasn't in the booth for.
0: No, this was during that super high roller. He was on the feature table with the eventual champion, Vitaly Lunkin. And Phil had kings, Lunkin had queens, and after some four-bet, five-bet shenanigans. Lunkin moves all in and decisions back on Sternheimer. And he was in the tank for, I want to say, like three minutes. Eugene Kachalov from Team Pro was in the booth at that point. And Eugene was very much of the opinion that this, what is going on here? You've got Kings. Okay. But we didn't know, we didn't know he had Kings. It was cars down. We didn't, we didn't. Right. Um, it was when he eventually called and flips yeah. over the Kings. That's the point when, uh, when Eugene was like, oh, come on. What the hell has he been thinking about? And, I think the phrase to use here is knit roll rather than slow roll, but ultimately he kind of knit rolled with the kings. Yeah. Lunkin wasn't happy, but Lunkin was very happy with the flop, which was Queen, Queen X. Wow. They got it all in in complicated fashion. Lunkin <laughs> felt that Sternheimer slow rolled him, and his punishment is death by quads. <laughs> And that's where the phrase was born. We then added the hashtag to it, hashtag death by quads. And obviously you hear Eugene and, and Matt Broughton laughing in the background. A few poker pros yeah. who were watching the stream kind of felt that we were, apologies for using the expression, hating on the fish. Right. We were we were being unkind to the businessman. We were mocking the recreational players. Not my intention. I just think that when a, a car crash hand like that happens, it's great TV. And talking to Phil about it, he's like, no, dude, it's all good. I said, I don't want you to think for one second that we were taking delight in your misfortune. This was not an example of Schadenfreude. And he said, no, no, totally. I get it. You know, you, you see Queens against Kings and the guy flops quads. Nice it's like- use of a German word,
1: by the way, yeah, so because
0: <laughs> we thought he was German at start. We didn't realize he was actually American. No, he is German. Well, he's, he's lived in him. He lived in America yeah, yeah. for a long time. He right? just doesn't have one of those goofy German accents. No, but exactly. Yeah. Uh, Point being that he was fine with it. And he understood that all we're trying to do is make entertaining viewing. Uh, It's one of those hands that's just kind of like going to be replayed. And at no point were we kind of like laughing in his face. It's more of a kind of exclamation at the circumstance rather than the individuals involved.
1: Right. And now he's sort of the impetus behind one of our more... You know, one of our more
0: sought-after catchphrases. Graphical Nick has even invented a little bug that comes on screen yeah. whenever there is. Hashtag
1: death by quads. There's a bug as a result of Phil. So I actually became pretty decent friends with Phil after that. Um, I've been out with him and his fiance. They came to my uh, my shows, uh, one of my stand-up shows, which is really funny because um, it was on Valentine's Day Eve. And so I sort of announced to the crowd, hey, everyone, you know, before we get going here, I just want to offer big congratulations to my friends, Phil and Grace, Who just got engaged, which is amazing because I thought Phil was gay, (laughs) and and she just yells out, "So did I!" (laughs) So she actually got a bigger laugh than I did, and so I'm really I was really honored to be invited to their wedding. It was a hundred person wedding. I mean, not a huge wow. That is a
0: very select crowd.
1: Yeah, and so and to be to be considered a part of that, and um, I really appreciate and Phil. Um, several times came up to me during the wedding. I was like, look, man, I know that we don't hang out tons, but I just knew the moment I met you, you're really good people and I really do consider you a close friend. So I was honored. And this wedding is, it's, it's really difficult to explain without you guys having been there. They spent, I don't even know what they spent on this wedding. Like I, my guess would be like a hundred grand they spent on this Jesus. wedding. But, and it was so nice and so awesome, but it still managed to not be pretentious. It was really, really fun. A hard line. Yeah. And it was, it was fantastic. Like everything, like I sh- meant to bring in some of the stuff, even like um, the programs at the wedding, like when they hand you, like here's the, how the ceremony is gonna go. They were on like plexiglass. Okay, it's so the order of service. It's order not a sort service. of program. The program, like for like the introduction, the, <laughs> intermission. The pro- exactly. Uh, it was. It was ice creams available in the foyer. It was printed on plexiglass, like on a piece of wow. plastic, and like yeah, I mean like and like sort of laser and like it was just. It was really cool. No so, th- expense bad. No, it's fantastic. So from like the second I arrived, they have a sh- they have a car waiting to take me from the airport, Barry Airport, and Puglia is where they're getting married. It's like an hour something car ride. They handle that for everybody. Um, I stayed in this beautiful hotel. Um, I had never been to real Italy before. You know, I'd only been to San Remo, uh, which technically- kind of real Italy. It kind, of, but not. It's look, I was in the boot. Like I was down on the on the right coast, um, the east coast of italy way down on the boot and this is my first time re- really being there i rented a tux um i made the mistake on the stansted express though which whoa, by whoa, the way
0: whoa 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 no your first mistake was flying from stansted there was, there was only two choices there were only
1: two choices ryanair left from stansted no no, no 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 that's never an option what's the other option the other one was a 6 a.m flight out of gatwick do you know what out of EasyJet. <sighs> e- i'm sorry right. I, I that's I, right it's, it's, it's Sophie's
0: choice. It, it is. It, <laughs> it is It is a classic race situation, but I'd say that the uh,
1: easy jet from Gatwick at 6am is 52% in that spot. See, that probably works for you, but the problem is the last early flight I had from Gatwick, I missed it. Oh. I didn't make it, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. The flight out of Stansted was like at 5.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, but the problem is Stansted is a shithole. And Agreed. Ryanair is to use the expression
0: from earlier in the show, the nut low. Ryanair,
1: more like Cryonair. That's what I like it's to say. Vile.
0: It's vile. I flew with them once about 15 years ago. Never, ever again.
1: They've cleaned up their act a little bit. It wasn't that bad this time. They did try to charge me money for not having my boarding pass printed, at which point I was like, I'm going to find it. Wait. Uh And then also, what I love about both EasyJet and Ryanair is that like, they're just trying to sell you shit the whole time on the plane. Like, there's just yeah. a, like the whole flight is about the snack bar. They have mozzarella sticks for sale you know, one, on Ryanair. You know, at one point, Ryanair actually touted the idea of charging people to use the bathrooms yeah. on its planes. I remember that. And then you have people like Hardigan who both have a weak bladder and are cheap as fuck. And they were just like get me an empty water bottle.
0: There was actually an undercover documentary about Ryanair where obviously, you know, these airlines have very fast
1: turnaround times, like, you know... For how long their employees work there? Oh, you mean, no, the planes... <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, no, they said that when we landed in Barrie. They're like, we have to be out of here in 20 minutes, so get the fuck off. Sure, exactly, right?
0: So cleaning the plane is kind of like, Neh. And there was a famous undercover documentary where basically someone had been sick in the plane and they didn't have time to clean it oh, up. So they just poured my. some kind of perfume from
1: the, uh, the duty-free. Over Amazing. the vomit just to kill the skill st- the stench, yeah. Oh my god, that is so gross. So yeah, so the the, the, the as soon as I get there, I get there, I, I don't, I'm not ready to party till about midnight because I get in about nine, airport transfer, everything. First night, that's, that's bedtime. There is exactly, (laughs) for some people it was, I was like passing people as they were going to bed and I was just getting out to the party. So the first thing is this big neon party where they rented out the beach club uh, at the hotel, totally open bar. Uh, We get there, it's just like a neon, like basically like clubbing and who do I run into there? But Mark Telcher. No, this dude follows us around. He's like, he, you've run into him more times than anyone else, right? It's you saw so him at random.
0: dinner. I, I, I rarely ever go out for dinner with my family. We went out to a restaurant in Chelsea. Next table over, Mark Telcher. I'm flying to Miami in the new year for the PCA. Who sat next to me in the lounge? Mark Telcher. Who's
1: standing behind me at the queue at immigration at Miami International Airport? Mark Telcher. Now, did he acknowledge you in any way any of those times? No. You know why? Because he doesn't. He didn't have a fucking clue who we were. Good. I'm glad he doesn't watch the show. <laughs> and so once we got to talking, now, he's a super friendly guy. And once we got to talking, he realized it. And he was like, I could see him thinking back, one of these guys said about me on TV? And luckily, I didn't even really remember. Well, I mean,
0: most of his TV appearances were back in the uh, Colin Murray era. So right. none of us had to worry about him. He did appear in the uh, grand final shows from last year. Uh, He had a deep run in the grand final, came close to making the final table. I think we were quite nice about him because he was personable. He complained about the fact that no one at the table wanted to talk to him. And I kind of felt a little bit sorry for him. He's just trying to engage people in conversation. And he had that hand where... The the guy accused him of slow rolling, and it wasn't a slow roll. He thought for like ten seconds. This is what he was trying to talk to me about, and I was like, honestly, I don't remember. I would remember that hand because we did a pro explains about it, and it was a very, it was very. He played it very fairly, and the guy was a little bit narked for no reason.
1: He did complain about the fact he's like, I can't believe one of your producers asked me for an interview, and I busted out. And I was like, look, that's just how it goes. Like, I think sometimes the timing is important, and it's hard because you want to. Make sure you've... That's exactly what I told him. I said, look, we don't want you to get away. Exactly. Because a lot of people get on a plane an hour later, but also we we would like to give you the time that you need to recover yeah, and give exactly. it a second. It's, it's
0: a very, very fine balance.
1: But anyway, he told me this story about how his date had bailed at like noon that day. And that's why... I was part of the reason I didn't bring a date. Now everyone's going to laugh and go, you couldn't get one, which is also part of it. But <laughs> the thing is, when you bring someone to a wedding, it's very... Like, I didn't want to bring like, a rando to someone's wedding. You can't do that. Because I don't know how they're going to behave. And also, what I said to Phil and Grace was, Date, we're adamant. Please bring a date. Even if it's past the RSVP date, we really want you to bring someone. And I was like, Look, I don't want to bring just a random person to your wedding with the amount of money that you guys are spending. Like, I, I wouldn't feel right just running up your tab for no reason. They truly didn't care. But the other thing is, I, I didn't want to get bailed on, which happens when it's someone you don't know that well. And then also, if it's someone that you've kind of been seeing a little bit, it's like a serious thing to bring them to a wedding. It's like grown up prom. You know, it's like means we're like going steady now. And so I just didn't want to, to do that to anyone. So I didn't go. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't bring a date. Unfortunately, there was only one single girl at the entire wedding and there were probably like five or six single guys. So it, I asked her, I was like, hey, what's it like being a cheeseburger in Somalia? and um, she didn't really get that at first. I will say that what we did get some attention from her. Um, we had some good times with that, but there were a couple of really funny things that happened. The second night, uh, there was a there was like a no plans for us and someone threw a party in their villa and all I did, I got a re- random email that said party in Villa 502 from someone I had never gotten an email from before. Unfortunately, I didn't go. It was midnight when I got this email, I was like, They had set up a tour bus to take us into like a a tourist town the next morning. And I didn't want to like be too hungover to do that. I didn't want to be too hungover for the wedding. I'm like, I'm going to sit this one out.
0: This sounds like a very sensible decision from a 43 year old man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't do it is because it was at the other hotel. We were split Uh, over two hotels. I would have had to like take a shuttle bus over that hotel and I didn't want to do it. So I I just went to bed. This party uh, went till about three in the morning, at which point they could hear music coming from somewhere else. And so they're like, we got to find that music. That's probably on the property. And they go looking for it and they realize it's off the property. So they try to jump the fence, at which point the police come. Because like climbing a fence in the middle of the night is, like probably one of the easiest ways to get the cops called on you. So the police comes. But one of Phil's friends is so charming. He's like this charming English dude, like just, you know, one of those like real charmers who not only convinces the cops not to arrest them, but to give them a ride back to their <laughs> room. They get a ride back to the room, at which point they figure out a car they can borrow and drive off the property looking for this music. They find a rave that's it's just getting started at four in the morning and end up going to a rave from like four until nine. Wow. The tour bus that they hired was like a hundred seater coach. Eleven people were on it. Like 11 people took this tour into the... Uh, was there anyone... Town. Did anyone who was at the rave actually make it onto the bus? No. No? Nope? Not zero. a single one? Exactly zero of them. No hardcore. And um, so that was that was a really good story. And then my favorite thing probably that happened... On Saturday afternoon, um, they had like a pool party and a lunch. And I will say this. The lunch was the singular best meal I've ever had in my life. Wow. It was this giant buffet. They were spinning fresh mozzarella. They were deep frying fresh panzerottis. There were like eight different kinds of pasta... There were two giant grills set up that had octopus, squid, lamb, veal, steak, chicken. It was the best meal. I've, you're just staring at me. Like, you must sounds be really hungry right apps. now. I am hungry, and this sounds awesome. And my first bite of pasta, I just go, Holy shit, this is good. And everyone at the table burst out laughing because my grandmother, my dead grandma, God, God rest her soul, Grammy, I miss you. Uh, she uh, used to make pasta and sauce from scratch. She was Italian, and I've never tasted sauce like hers since until this day and it like sort of like it's food that brought a tear to my eye that's how good the food was it's hard to eat bad in proper italy yeah it was just fucking incredible It was so amazing but my favorite thing that happened was so as we know look it, the service in italy is not great right <laughs> italy does things at italy's pace you order a drink they're like yeah yeah no problem no problem and they sort of stand around for a minute or two and sort of they the guy's been making mojitos all night right and then you order a mojito and he looks at all the ingredients for a few seconds first He's just kind of looking down like you just, I just watched you make six of these. Like, why are you like assessing the situation? Like get uh, hop to it, buddy. So everyone moves real slow in Italy, but one thing happened, this is amazing, was the bride's mother was like playing badminton or something and didn't see like a coffee table and tripped over a coffee table and went down, like went down hard in front of everybody. And at this, it was at this point that I've never seen Italians move so quickly. Because when a mama is involved, when there is a mama involved, Italians move it like within seconds. Two guys had like a beach chair they were using as a stretcher. Another guy had ice before the woman even hit the ground. He was over there with ice. It was incredible to see the speed at which Italians can move when a mama is involved. It was really, really good stuff. The whole wedding was fantastic. So there, there's a few, only a few people in the poker world were invited. I mentioned one of them. Yes. I was the other. There were four total. David Benefield was there, and I really liked that kid. Really nice guy. Uh, just a stellar dude. His girlfriend was awesome. But then uh, there was a poker player there who made the most awkward entrance, and I didn't know he was going to be there, and it was just too perfect. So we're in the ceremony. And it's about to start, and Phil's standing, you know, at the altar, you know, awkwardly as, as grooms do. By the way, I can't wait to get married. Not because I want to be married, but on your wedding day, everyone laughs at all your jokes. Like, everything that dude said just was well you are someone who likes being the center of attention and trust me yeah, you exactly will not have that experience i want that yeah i want that so he's standing at the altar and he like takes a selfie he's like selfie and the whole place cracks up i'm like it's not that funny of a joke she's laughing because it's his wedding so whatever so we stare there awkwardly and the music goes quiet and then like the you know the wedding processional starts whatever you call that music. Not, yeah, not, yeah. not quite here comes the bride because they need to do like the parents first, sure. right? So everyone's anxiously awaiting and in walks this guy who is not part of the bridal party at all. And he like thinks sort of the music's for him and he's walking in and everyone's looking at him. <laughs> and then he walks over and he sits down in the front row, like no, in the bride's family no. section and sits there awkwardly for about 10 seconds and then looks around as like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And then gets up and walks back out of the room. And you know who that was? Kamal Chiraria. <laughs> fucking Kamal Cheraria, no! And I'm just like, no fucking way no! that it's the the Dan Shack Queen's versus... Queen Nine versus King... Whatever it was. He Ace thought he King had Queens. He thought he had Queens. And I was like, oh my God, So he thought he had Queens guy. <laughs> and
0: it was just... It was so perfect. Now, here's the question. Yeah. Had he seen the TV shows? Has he heard what you said okay. about him? So,
1: like, I nodded to him a few times. Um... Throughout the course of the weekend it was clear. He didn't know who I was how I said, so, not a bad thing. not a bad thing at all So I'm like clearly at this point like if he doesn't know I'm not gonna tell him Unfortunately, there's like a group of us on Monday night all flying back to Stansted together and he joins the group um, and Someone else asks me what I do for a living while he's sitting with the group and I'm like, oh fuck I'm not gonna be able to avoid this but he was like looking at his phone So I was like, oh, I'm a commentator for a poker TV show. And he just immediately goes, what? What is that? He goes, what's your name? And I'm like, Joe Staple." And he's like, oh, yeah, now I know. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Now, if you remember, Francine, our boss, I recorded what I wanted to say about Kamal. You were a little bit unkind about I was, him. I was pretty rough on him. And Francine yes. made us go back and and take it out. Like, basically, I wanted to call him a clown. And she was like, you can't call this guy a clown. Although, he lived certainly lived up to that walking in on the wedding at that point. <laughs> so, he's like, oh. And I was like, yes. And so, to include everyone else in the group, I start talking about the hand. And I will tell you this, James. To this day, he still claims he thought he had queens. And he was trying to explain it to me. He's like, no, 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 no. But if you look like Queen nine, if you hold it just right. And I'll say this. I said to him, like, look, at first I said, I still don't believe you. Like, I don't I don't believe you. But he was like so adamant. And I didn't want it to be awkward that eventually I was like, look, I don't I don't really care. Fine. If, if you say you had queens, you thought you had queens. I believe you. Um, if you want to see the hand in
0: question, by the way, it's during our coverage of the EPT 11 Barcelona main event. The shows are available to watch at Pokestars.tv and on the Pokestars YouTube channel. I think he also popped up in London as well,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely popped up in London too. And I just had no idea that Phil was friends with like a, such a wide range of p- poker people. Me, David Benefield, Mark Telcher, and Kamal Terraria. <laughs> And it was just too good seeing him. And of course, like he's just a dude that like march, marches to the beat of his own drum. Like when we, when we got to the airport, he was with us somehow from the walk from the lounge or not the lounge, but like the waiting area to the gate. We lost him. And then he didn't want to go. Right. He was like, we have lots of time, guys. And when we got to the gate, like the plane was boarding. And if we had listened to him, we would have missed it. And he would have missed it too. So he's just a real interesting dude. Very nice guy. It was nice getting to know some of these people. Getting to know Mark Telcher a little bit too. Mark seems like a really sweet guy, honestly. He just seems, you know, he just was very sociable and personable. And so the whole thing was just a fantastic wedding. I I couldn't, I don't think Phil or his fiance Grace or his wife, I should say, will ever listen to this podcast. But I do have so much gratitude for them, for the, the what they put on for their guests and for inviting me. So thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. If they're
0: true friends, they will listen to every single episode we've produced this far. I'll get right on that. (laughs) Something for the honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sounds like you had an awesome weekend, and I want to hear about what you got up to last night in just a moment. But shall we talk about an event that is coming up in the PokerStars calendar, Joe? That event being the UKIPT slash Estrella's Marbella Festival. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The ESPT joining forces with the UKIPT for a festival that runs from the 15th to the 21st of June in Marbella, in Spain. Uh, The main event, by the way, is a 1,000 euro buy-in, but of course there will be side events, side action to suit all bankrolls. Once again, there are satellites available if you want to play that main event. Satellites, I'm just looking at today's schedule, by the way. Satellites coming out your wazoo, starting for as little as €2.75. That's obviously a rebuy with one seat guaranteed. Uh, There's a €27 freeze-out with one seat guaranteed. Uh, Packages available at the weekend as well. So many different ways to get in for cheap to what I'm sure is going to be one of the events of the summer. Now,
1: James, I actually owe Fergal. Uh, for last for his banana commercial. I think it was forty-four, is $44 you'd agree to dollars is what it's Forty four dollars. Do you have the tweet where he says what his screen name is? Did you have to print that out? No. Okay, because I'm gonna use the handy dandy. There's a transfer function on Pokerstars. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. So you have to go to account, right? I have enough to worry about without your private
0: little contest where you're giving away your own money.
1: Yeah, okay, hold on. I'm just gonna try to figure out how to do this here on the client because I actually really like the fact that you can do this on Poker Stars. I think you have to go into the cashier. Cashier, right? Not account. Cashier. Okay. So yeah. So we're gonna transfer to player. Now here's the thing. You have to be careful. You don't want to transfer to the wrong person. Yeah, because there's no going back. Unless they are a very kind-hearted individual who sends the money back to you. Not even kind-hearted. Let's say not a shithead. Yes. Well, let's be honest. A lot of people are shitheads. Okay. Good. I got the I got his name wrong the first time, but I remember. I'm gonna remember the second. So it's forty-four dollars to Fergal. I'm not gonna say his screen name out just hit in case he cares. Yeah, that looks like the guy. Sure, if not, someone just got a free forty-four bucks. But also, now Artem, my friend Artem Karlev, recorded a new banana commercial. Are we still for this taking week. banana commercial submissions? I, I'm gonna accept one more, and his is really decent, actually. So let's take a look. Let's listen to. Uh, so by the way, so if you guys don't remember, bananas are the official sponsor of the EPT. Taste you can peel. Um, and uh, I asked people to make commercials for eleven bucks a pop. Here is Artem's banana commercial. They're tasty. They're easy to carry around.
3: They're yellow. Um. They're they're
2: they're penis shaped. <laughs>
3: uh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Bananas,
0: <laughs> tasty be <and> beautiful. <laughs> now Not that's bad, good, right? That's See great. that was
1: really good. Yes. <laughs> well done, Autumn Korolev. Autumn, Art, Autumn. I try to say it with your accent. Artem Korolev, nice work. And I feel like that's worth more than eleven bucks. So I'm gonna send Artem twenty two bucks. For that one. But I'm drawing a line under the banana. Unless you do one that's really great. Unless you do another one that's really great. But for now, I'm drawing a line under the banana stuff. So uh, thanks, Arden, for that. That was really fun. Uh, Now, we didn't have a TV show this week.
0: We've made a lot of the fact that the uh, European Tour TV shows were on summer break. Uh, Just so you know, by the way, mark it in your calendars. 28th of July is when we're back. So 28th of July is when the PCA starts airing on Channel 4 in the UK. And the very next day, it'll be uploaded to the PokerStars YouTube channel. But there was a TV show of sorts last night as Joe Stapleton went live on Twitch with High Stapes Poker. TV Recap. Not your first Twitch stream. No. Joe, but the first time you've done poker on Twitch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So me and Broughton, me and the Waster, played video games on Twitch last week. Uh, Had some fun. And then I was randomly, Liv came over to my house one night last week, and we played video games on Twitch. Uh, But yeah, it was my first poker Twitch stream last night.
0: Now, did you adhere to all of your promises? You were going to play a version of poker that you'd never played before?
1: Yes, Uh, And you were going to play whole cards up with no delay. Yes, and I have to tell you that. Okay, so first of all, we had the typical technical problems that everyone has starting off their Twitch streams. It was really laggy at first. Um, Now, the thing that no one knew I was going to do, and I didn't know either till that night, is I brought a random girl home from the bar with me to play on Twitch with me. So I had stand-up last night. Okay. And so when I was at the wedding, here's the here's the full story. When I was at the wedding. I met this woman um, who said we got to talking she's like, "Oh, my sister lives in London, and she's a stand up comic." And I was like, "Cool. Well, I'll, if you know, if she's just starting out, I'm not like you know a pro or anything yet. But if she's just starting out, I'll do what I can for her." So she put me in touch with her sister. And I wasn't asking this question, but someone else in the van, we were in a, like a ride share, and we're like, "Is she single? And what does she look like?" And she's like, "My sister's gorgeous, and she is single." And I was like, "I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I just want to help her out." I don't want to be anything, you know, like, I just want to help someone out to help them out. And so I don't want to know anything about her. So she came to stand up last night and she did this story, did in fact check out. She was gorgeous. She was very funny. And basically Brent, uh, who came out to see my show, Brent, the producer for the EPT was like, hey, you should go back to Stavis house and do his, his Twitch stream with him. And she was like, all right, sounds fun. <laughs> sounds great. So Did Brent tag along as well? Brent did not come. Brent was like a true, he just like disappeared like true wingman style. He just like poofed into the night. Uh, like, uh, and so, yeah. So then she came back to my house and we did this Twitch stream, which was a lot of fun. She knew even less about poker than I did. What were you playing? So we kicked things off. Uh, the first thing I did was just immediately fired up like a horse tournament. Right. Now, granted, I've not never played mixed games before, but I'm not good at them in any way. Uh, and then I started playing Curse Chevelle Cash. And the funniest part about this was that the audience was focused on two things. Who's the grill? Who's yeah, the because grill?
0: of course, that's a classic joke on Twitch. It's
1: the, it's the, it's the classic Twitch joke. Oh, how we laugh. Um, and then also, oh my God, where's your delay? Where's it? You're playing with whole cards up. And once people figured it out, everyone on the table was watching the stream and was just playing against me with face up cards. And I will say it does sort of take some of the fun out of it. It's really fun when you're losing. But when you're winning, everyone folds. Like when you have a great hand, obviously like you can never get paid. So that part is like a little uh upsetting, but the fact that like So who
0: would have thought it? If you reveal your hold cards in poker, you can't win.
1: But also I didn't lose. How? Now, the tournament I busted out of because I'm bad at tournaments and I'm just bad at those things, but like in the cash games I was playing, I made money. And How? Just because I ran good? I don't know. Like, and so you could there's there's some leveling you can do when people can see your whole cards because when you don't have a very good hand, they think they can bluff you. But if you don't care, if you're playing with Punker Star's money, it doesn't fucking matter. You just call anyway. And so I made like a couple of hero calls in the spots. So like I was like, if I lose, you win. And if I win, I win. It's a win win. Like <laughs> someone's gonna win no matter what. It's like it's not my money, I don't care. So and by the end. I, I was just, I was, I said for like the last 20 minutes, I was just gonna cap every pot. I started playing five card draw uh, eventually, limit draw, I think it was. And I was like, I'm just gonna raise and cap every, you know, I'm gonna draw every time. Oh, and I played Deuce to Seven, triple draw also. So yeah, I played a bunch of games I didn't play before. Sounds like fun. I had a great time. Uh, we plugged up, uh, we plugged the podcast, we plugged the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t shirt. Nice. Key
0: question. Yeah. Is this archived? So obviously, yes. I, sorry, but I wasn't going to stay up till midnight last night to watch no it. No problem. But if I go to twitch.tv slash PokerStars, I can replay the stream.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's two drunk people talking poker, interacting with the Twitch chat, me losing PokerStars' money. Um, oh, I also showed him... Check, check this out.
0: He's gone to his bag. He is pulling out a
1: black book. I lost this in Monaco. I wanted to give this away on the stream in Monaco, but I found it because I put it in my... Um, in my in my comic in my my joke book. Oh, gross. He's those are two wax strips with your chest hair on. Yeah, them. that's the two strips the Fatima that's right. Yuck it up, people in the booth. That Fatima and Leo pulled off my chest. Okay, so but before I throw up, can you put them back where they came from? I showed from? them off on the stream, so okay. we got those. I want to give them away as a prize eventually, if okay. you guys want to win some of my DNA. I'm
0: going to do a little competition in a minute, but maybe that's not an appropriate prize for it. I'm thinking more down the T-shirt lines.
1: But yeah, so it was a really good time. It is archived. I, I think that it went well enough that they're going to do it again. Uh, I hope and so. Scott from Twitch said that the next time I do it, that they're going to put me on the homepage not the not the big main you know, like World of Warcraft or League of Legends type of homepage but on the bottom uh, so we should get some more viewers. And we we averaged about 300 viewers for most of the night, which I think is fine for the first one. I had technical problems. Also, I think you'll con- find
0: after the promotion you've received here on EPT Not Live that the replay numbers will blow those out of the water and hopefully your next stream will see a doubling in that viewing audience.
1: Well, that would be good. I appreciate that. We were up against the 25K fantasy draft also last night at that time, I believe, was happening at the same time. How is that interesting? <laughs> so anyway it was a good time I'll probably do it again soon I don't know when but watch uh, watch Twitter and Facebook and James thank you for the, for the plug on Twitter I do appreciate that you're welcome so yeah I'm going to
0: give away a prize now in a section of the show we like to call too hot for TV
2: too hot for
0: TV. And the reason why this is too hot is because it's far too geeky because I want to talk about Star Wars and so the nerds are going to get very very excited because while Joe is off enjoying weddings in Italy yeah. at the expense of high stakes poker players, uh, I get to watch movies at home with my daughter and introduce her to some of cinema cinema's greats including E.T. and the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy. You got of to watch 4 movies in a weekend. Not the prequels. Um I got to watch a couple of Harry Potter movies and all three Star Wars movies,
1: five across the three-day bank holiday weekend. Do you know, I do a bit in my act about E.T., but I think it's probably even a little too racy for this show. Okay, well, let's uh, move <laughs> swiftly
0: on then. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I've been revisiting. It's really weird because I haven't watched the Star Wars movies for years.
1: And I made sure that that... Isn't when... it great to show them to someone? Like, that must be such a really... I'm sorry to use such a weird word, but it's a lovely thing to do with your daughter. It's great. It's great for me to revisit them. And it's great
0: to share the experience. And what's really satisfying is that she really got into it. And she loves the story. She loves the characters. You have to wait till they're at an age where they... It's not so much a case of, is there material that's unsuitable? Whether it's Darth Vader cracking that guy's windpipe or cutting off Luke's hand. The stuff, what you're actually worried about is, are they going to understand what's going on? And are they actually going to get the kind of what... The, can the, they appreciate the... it? Exactly. So that's why we waited. And the great thing is, she did get it. And like she gets at the end, for example, she can see how Darth Vader's conflicted because he's loyal to the Emperor, but his son's being killed. So what does he do
1: here? Whose side is he going to be on? It's like, yes, she gets it. So can I ask you a question? Because there are two things when I was that age that disturbed me about the movies. I yeah. wonder if it's the same things. The hand cutting off was like, eh, not nah. terrible, but it's like they do it in such a way that it doesn't really look that bad. Um The Emperor shocking Luke at the end of Jedi really bothered me. Absolutely, that really bothers her
0: because he's clearly in a lot of pain. It goes on for a long time. Yeah,
1: and then um, and when Han gets tortured and they lean Han down into the the little zapper machine, that
0: didn't do it so much. It was actually the thought of the needle on the mind probe, like when
1: Vader walks into Leia's cell in Star Wars. You know what's really bizarre is that I only saw Empire and Jedi as a kid. I didn't see Star Wars in its entirety until it was re-released in theatres when I was like, you know, I think I was 14 or 15.
0: That is so weird. What used to freak me out as a kid is when Luke goes back home and sees the, the skeletons of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, and that kind of like really used to freak yeah, me out again, as a yeah, kid. Yeah, again, I was too...
1: I was older when I saw it, so and it didn't I bother I still me.
0: don't quite understand how that movie got away with a, a G rating in the US and a U rating here, because there's, there's some bits in it little bit like, okay... Well, the arm getting cut
1: off too in the beginning is pretty yeah. intense.
0: Yeah, walrus man. Um... But what is interesting about rewatching the films, and I made sure I bought the DVDs when they came out in the mid 2000s, which have the bonus disc, which is the original version, before Lucas started fucking around with them and yeah. changing stuff.
1: Cause... So, your daughter loved Jar Jar Banks? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, what I'm saying is that <laughs> she doesn't yet know that there are these other movies. So, do you think what will be a more closely guarded secret in your house? Like that Santa Claus isn't real or that Jar Jar Banks. Oh, she knows exists? Santa Claus
0: isn't real, but she doesn't know that there are Star Wars prequels, <laughs> which suck. She also doesn't know that there are alternative versions of the Star Wars trilogy that suck, that have a bad CGI jabber, and for some unknown reason, Hayden fucking Christensen popping up at the end of Return of the Jedi. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Anywho, rediscovering the Star Wars movies means I've also been rediscovering all the Star Wars toys I had as a kid. And I've been going on eBay just to look at what they trade for these days, and the real money is in what they call the last 17. Now, I'm talking about the original figures that came out between 1977 and 1985. I know there have been loads of toys
1: since. There's been dolls. There's all the star, uh, the Lego Star Wars. Stuff. I probably didn't even have the original ones. I was in, like, the mid-'80s, so I probably had whatever second edition or something. No, I mean,
0: by that point, they're still the original figures. It's the original line of about 100 figures. Yeah. But there were the last 17 that were released in 1985, and these were figures like the Death Star Gunner, uh, Han Solo in Carbonite, Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper costume, where you can take off the helmet and it's Luke underneath. These figures, I had none of those. These They have a very limited release in America and a very limited release in Europe. And the most limited figure of all is one of the creatures in Jabba's palace called Yak Face, which wasn't released in America at all, and now trades on eBay in mint condition for close to $500. Wow. What did Yak Face look like? Uh, a yak. Oh. Well, That's like why that. he's called... Yak face. I guess I guess I should have known that. But what I was reminded of, looking at all the old figures, and again, I'm talking about the original figures that came out in line with the original movies in the late 70s, early 80s. Hey, did you get
1: weird with the Slave Leia one? I did. They didn't do a Slave Leia figure. Not oh, in the original I'm sorry. figure line. I was thinking of... Uh the the one that was from He Man I used to mix together my He Man's and my Star Wars toys they're different sizes how can you mix them together well you know they we just G.I. G-I force, Joe and force, Star Wars force perspective.
0: yes yes they they work He Man completely different thing I was size. thinking of
1: Tila from He
0: Man anyway, anyway um I got weird with her I was reminded of the fact that there are, obviously I talk about like Yak Face and yeah. and Yis and Squid Face all these random aliens oh, like, what did Squid Face look like <laughs> Okay. he looked just like Jeffrey Rush in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie <laughs> yes no, he wasn't sure Jeffrey did wasn't Geoffrey Rush he was the one who was the squid it was um, Bill Nye Bill Nye yeah from the second movie which was god awful anyway getting distracted <laughs> here Star Wars figures originals how many random aliens they are, either from the Cantina or Jabba's Palace, and how many major characters didn't get a figure? I think the most famous example of that is Grand Moff Tarkin, Peter Cushing's character from really? the original Star Wars. Never did a figure of him. But I started thinking about other characters that didn't get a figure Uncle Owen, Aunt Baru, significant characters in the original Star Wars. No action figures. So here's a suggestion which Star Wars character was ignored? Most. I've mentioned three, so you can't have Tarkin. So it's open for debate, is what you're saying. It's open for debate, and I want your nominations. Tag your tweets, EPC not live. I'm gonna give away and everyone loves a chop pot t shirt for the best submission of a significant Star Wars character from the original trilogy who never got their own action figure.
1: Can I name some off and you tell me if they have an action figure or not? Yes. Wicket. Action figure. Um Storm the um PK four two one well,
0: there's a Stormtrooper, it's TK-421, <laughs> and it. there is a Stormtrooper action figure, so you could buy multiple Stormtroopers if you wanted to.
1: The guy uh, with the hearing aid that hangs out with Lando. Uh, uh, Lobot, yes, there was an action figure of Lobot. There was an action figure of Lobot, not Uncle Owen, huh? I know, weird, right? Uh, I assume there was a sand person. Yes, or Tusken Raider, as That's the it. figure was Tusken described. Tusken Raider, correct. Um, what else? What else were there? Okay, hold on. Um... Okay, and here's another trivia oh, I, question. I, I, there was one for like the weird sort of Asian looking alien that's with Lando in the Millennium Falcon. Nien Numb, his Neen, co-pilot on yeah. the attack on the second Death Star. Here's a trivia question for you then. Yeah. And if
0: you don't know the answer, again I'll throw it open to the audience. Tag your tweets, EPT not live. Which two Star Wars characters did Kenner, the company that made the toys, they got their names around the wrong way.
1: And for years, everyone had the characters' names mixed that up. That must actually be worth a lot of money if you still have that character in the packaging, whatever it is, with them labelled incorrectly. Yeah, they got the names wrong.
0: They've, they've, I'll give you a clue. they two of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. You know that, that when Darth Vader has them all assembled on the bridge and is yeah. like, no disintegrations. It's two of the, two of the uh, bounty hunters, they got the names wrong on the packaging.
1: I'll let you, you can throw it out to the crowd. I'll I don't throw it out know. to the crowd.
0: And I'm also throwing out that question. Might give a T-shirt out if we get a good submission. A major character from the original trilogy who was overlooked when it came to being immortalised in plastic. All right, cool. And talking of giving things away... One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus states. And we kind of revealed at the top of the show when we read some of his tweets from last week who this week's superfan is going to be. He is not the mentalist, but his name is Simon Baker. Welcome to EPC Not Live.
3: Uh, thank you, guys. Cheers. Uh, confirmed, not the mentalist.
1: <laughs> you're are you, We know you're not the mentalist, but are you a mentalist? Unfortunately not, no. Oh, yeah, um, you sound really normal. What do you do? <laughs> what's What's your day job? Are you a poker player?
3: I'm not, no, I work for an out of hours GP service.
1: An out of hours GP service. So like people when they're having like an emergency at night, but it's not quite a hospital emergency, they'll call you?
3: That's exactly right, yeah. And what do you do?
1: You're like the guy that blocks them from being able to call a doctor directly. Uh,
3: Essentially what we do is we sort of uh, work out who needs to be seen on a priority scale and then send doctors out and things like that. So work in the control room mainly.
1: Do you have to be cool under pressure?
3: You kind of do, yeah, because, uh, you, you know, you get people phoning about all sorts of things and, you know, you never know what it's going to be, so you've got to understand the different symptoms and what they can cause and, you know, be calm and collected and things like that. So, yeah, you do, really.
1: Well, let's hope you can remain calm and collected now, Simon Baker. Superfan versus States. Yes,
0: Simon, you're a big supporter of the show. We appreciate the recommendation you made to Melanie Weisner, but let's see how much
1: you know about EPT Final Tables and EPT Champions. While James opens the question, I do want to say thank you, Simon. You're a real good kid. Always very kind to us on the air. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. That's my pleasure. Thank you. The game is called Deal or No Deal,
0: with no connection with the uh, Noel Evans TV series. Uh, And as you can probably guess from the title, it's about Final Table Deals. Now, there will be no stealing in this round. You have questions, and those questions are for you and you alone. Uh, Simon, I'm going to give you the choice because The Superfans are the reigning winners. The score is currently five for the Superfans, three for Joe Stapleton. Uh, Would you like to go first, or would you like to go second? I think I'll go first, please. You may. So, here's the question, Simon. The PCA 2009. It was won by Poria Nazari. Deal or no deal? Ooh, I see what you've done. Was there a deal at the final table of the 2009 PCA? And the great thing is, you got a 50-50 chance here.
3: I don't believe there was because the, I don't think the deal started that early.
0: So I'm gonna go no. I'm afraid there was a deal, but now, there are bonus questions. There are bonus okay. questions.
1: And I think you're gonna get one of these right. Well, just to explain to Simon also, we only... Deals have been happening for a long time on the EPT. We just only started televising them recently. So just because something happened before we showed them on TV doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right, okay. There's the
0: key. So here's your first bonus question, Simon. How many players were involved in the deal?
3: I'll go with... I can't remember exactly, so I'll just have to take a guess and go with
0: three. Correct. So you do get one of the bonus points, and I think you're going to get this one as well. Bonus question, was the deal publicised? No. Ah, God damn it. Me and my big mouth. James, (laughs) now I know
1: why he was looking at me while I started explaining that. Unbelievable.
0: So, you get two out of three there, Simon. And Joe, it's time for your question. EPT8 Berlin. No deal. Won by Davidi Katai. You're saying no deal. No, there was a deal. Well, you shouldn't have spoken. I'm going to take your first answer, aren't I?
1: I was... uh... Bonus question.
0: (laughs) Okay. Just shut up, Stapleton. Just shut up for a second. How many players involved in the deal? It was. We're on the board. Katai and Andrew Chen. And your bonus question was the deal publicized? Was it televised or publicized? By publicized, I mean, was it televised as a deal? And were the published numbers, for example, in the press release and on the Hendon Mob, were they the numbers of the deal or the actual payouts as advertised by the tournament staff? No. This was at the point that we were actually publicising deals. Uh, so that was I was only there, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Simon, you're two-one up. That's the good news. Uh, so well. So, next one. EPT9 yep. Prague won by Ramsey Gelassi. Deal or no deal? I'm
3: sure that was
0: a deal, wasn't it? Yes, I'll go with deal. Hi. No deal. And Just his-
1: like me, I would never deal ever. Dealings for losers. It ruins the whole game. And here's the bonus question.
0: One player asked for too much, and another player said no. If you can name either of those players, I'll give you a bonus point.
3: I can't remember who was involved, so based on
0: the previous question, I'll go with Ramsey Gelassi, Asked for too much. No, it was David boyer who eventually finished third who asked for too much, and it was the island of Satyrius Ketupas who said, No, I'm not giving up any more equity, no deal. So, sadly, Simon, no more points there, but you still lead 2-1 as we give Joe his question, which is EPT5 Dortmund won by Sandra Noyox My favorite Dortmund,
1: EPT5 Dortmund. Deal or no deal? Deal. Yes! yes.
0: Correct. Bonus question, how many players involved in the deal? Four. Three. Sandra Noyox, Holger Kanish, and Mark Gork. And your bonus question, was the deal publicized? No. And with that, Joe Stapleton takes the lead. He is 3-2 up. So your last round of questions, Simon. Okay. The PCA 2012 won by John DeBella. Deal or no deal? No deal. Ah. There was a deal. The next question, your bonus question, how many players involved in that deal? Three. Oh, Simon. Ah. There were two. And your final question, was the deal publicized?
3: No. I
1: don't think it was. I'll go with no. Oh, Simon. That was terrible. Oh, for three. Total breakout. 17
0: outs twice. <laughs> okay, well, Joe, you have the lead, so it looks like you're going to win this. Let's see how you do on your last round, though. EPT 10 Grand Final won by Antonio Buonanno. Deal or no deal? No deal. Correct. There was no deal. And which EPT champion provided Jack Salter with insurance at that final table? Martin Finger. Joe Stapleton wins it 5-2. So unlucky, Simon, you don't get the Step C ticket, but you do get the consolation prize for A, being a good sport, B, being a great supporter of the show. We're going to send you and Everyone Loves a chop Pot t-shirt.
3: Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. It was great fun. Good game, Joe.
1: Thank you, Simon. Good work, buddy boy. And I hope, to, uh, I hope to read your tweet soon. And if you're ever around an EPT, come say hello. We'll buy you a beer. Perfect. Great. I will do. Thanks very much again and keep up with the good work. Thank, Thank you very much, Simon. Get away from me, you mentalist. No, seriously, get away from me. We're done. The show's over. We're out of here. We somehow managed to do, I think, a pretty consistently long show, uh, despite the fact that we had no content. Don't know what we're going to do next week. I think we should do a little
0: bit of a Twitch special because you're going to do some more streaming, even if it's just video games with Matt Brown. Sure. Uh, I think we should try and get hold of either Jimmy Somerville or John Staples because <laughs> it would be good to speak to one of the guys who really know what they're doing when it comes to Twitch.
1: That's true. You know, maybe they could give me some advice. Maybe I could get them to watch my stream for a second or two and they can tell me what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. Someone told me my stream was cancer. Pure oh, that's cancer. Nice. And I was like, well, it's... I, I mean, get... look, it may not be good, but it's it's probably it's probably better than cancer. Yeah, I
0: I, I take the over on that. Um, <laughs> the key thing is, at the moment, I mean, as we heard, Jason Mercier currently in Las Vegas, the World Series of Poker, now getting underway. That creates two problems for us. Number one, they're all playing poker. Right. Number two, they're eight hours behind. And that's a real ball ache when
1: trying to set up Skype interviews. Yeah, it's really tough because that means, like, for us to even do it at a reasonable hour for them, it's like 8 p.m. here. Yeah. So it's going to be tough. So let's, let's get some streamers on. Let's do a little Twitch special next week. Maybe... If uh, maybe if people around here end up watching my Twitch stream, maybe there's some fun clips we can play from the last one we did. If there are fun clips from this one. Look, I did the Twitch stream last night, midnight to 2.30 in the morning. So I just wasn't going to be able to go back. Not exactly prime time. Exactly. Not exactly prime time. Uh, Just a quick reminder, guys. Me and Matt are going to be Twitch streaming tomorrow. If you just want to watch us goof around and play video games. When's tomorrow? Oh, that's true. When is tomorrow? tomorrow's thursday but i'm going to archive it okay okay i was going to say because this probably won't even be released yeah, by that yeah you're right time. but th- who cares that's but that's a good point but yes so uh tomorrow could be any day really <laughs> it's going to be there uh when you go to look for it on my uh, on my twitch stream which that's is slash... twitchtv Stapes.
0: okay uh the poker stars place for your st- uh, stream from last night
1: Yes, is what we, well, I hosted the Poker Stars channel on my channel? Okay, uh, which is the way that we did it. But yeah, I did it on the official Poker Stars. So if you want to watch my poker streaming, it's it's Twitch.tv slash Poker Stars. My own personal stuff is slash Joe Stapes. And if I can get in one personal plug real quick sure. too, is that. Uh, a week from Friday, so people will have a chance to, uh, to listen Just to this. Just get the date. That avoids any confusion. On cause... June 5th. Okay. On June 5th, I'm doing stand-up comedy in the West Midlands.
0: The reason why I'm to clarify the date is I've still got people tweeting who are listening to the very first show. So it's a very good idea to timestamp this stuff because you never know right. when someone's going to be listening. right. I'm
1: not a very smart individual. So, yeah, I'm doing uh, stand-up comedy in a place called Hollybush. So if you guys look, there are a lot of people who say, hey, not all of us live in London. If you're want, if you doing this area or that area, if you're within an area, come on out and see the show. Uh, follow my Facebook and my Twitter. You can find out the details there. It's a three-pound admission fee. And to tell you what, if you're a fan of the show and you come on down, I'll pay the admission for you.
0: That's very kind of you. A couple of outstanding things. Uh, remember that Joe is still taking submissions for banana commercials. <laughs> but not being funny, Artemis set the bar quite high. So I think that has to be really good from now on to come with any chance of winning a prize and I will give out a prize for if you want to submit the idea of a good Star Wars character who never got their own action figure and remember that trivia question as well which figures names were mixed up on the packaging hashtag EPT Not Live. if you have anything to say about the podcast that's the place to do it on Twitters.
1: and that is it kids that's all the time we've got for this week's show we are out of here for James Hardigan this is Joe Staple and saying smell you later